Hey, Zag Nation. Welcome to the Zagaholic Podcast. My name is Josh Linky. You can find me on Twitter at TheZagaholic, and I'm joined by my co-host Caldwell Zag. You can find him on Twitter at Zag Caldwell, and he runs the website CaldwellZagRecruitingNews.com. We hope to make this a semi-regular show during the season where we talk about all things Gonzaga basketball. Zag up. the Zegaholic podcast i'm your host josh linky and i'm joined by the man keeping his thumb on the pulse of the portal it's caldwell zeg how you doing tonight caldwell i'm doing great josh how are you i'm pretty good uh, i had a good easter with the family just you know kind of settled in waiting on some hopefully some more good news for gonzaga in the in the uh the recruiting spectrum but i'm also kind of patient i know that this stuff takes time, and generally, we don't sign guys this early in the portal season. Right. No, you're exactly right. Um, you know, portal opened, you know, app for us basically after our season ended, so it's only been a couple weeks now, and, you know, we have till May 10th, I believe it is, is when it closes up, but, um, you know, it's been, there's some names starting to be generated, but it does take time, and I think it's something important that people need to remember some of these guys are going to go through the draft process you know malachi did last year went through the draft process then he committed to gonzaga and you know it's not it's not a you know let's sign the first person available let's get the right person for gonzaga and their system yeah yeah it's you know we we always talk i think i think most zag fans talk about doing things the zag way and that's a kind of a fuzzy, it's fuzzy logic. We don't really have like a pinned down like definition for what that means, but I can guarantee you that our coaching staff is always looking for a zag. They're looking for the a guy with the right material, the makeup that you want to see, uh, you know, a hard worker, somebody who's going to invest in the program and the community as a whole. Um, they want guys who are good, you know, like, and it's, it's, it can be hard to gauge that in, on the recruiting trail. That's why it's such a challenge, you know, when, when the coaches get out there and they're trying to figure out, like, are these guys the right fit for, for Gonzaga? Yep. And, you know, look, look at Regier Bolton. This is a guy who came to Gonzaga after having transferred from Penn state and then Iowa state, uh, you know, so Gonzaga was his third stop of his college career. And, he he just took off. He embraced the community. He was in the community doing charitable, uh, you know, things from day one. Uh, and, and really, at the end of the day, like, was there a more consummate zag than Regier Bolton for the last couple of years? It, I, I'd be hard pressed to pick one out because just simply how hard he worked in the community. Oh, I fully agree. And you just look at he came from, you know, the Penn State thing was kind of a mess when he left there. Then. Left yeah. Iowa State, must be the third stop. But I mean, he fell in love with Gonzaga. He fell in love with the community. The one I look at is a guy that we picked up, Ryan Woldridge. I mean, he's one of my favorite ones. We I think we picked him up like June twenty fifth or something like that. Is late in June or I can't remember the exact date. But you know, a guy that was undervalued by a lot of the people that do all the 
rankings of the portal and stuff like that. And I think you'd be hard pressed to, you know, find somebody that came in and contributed more in the last, you know, three, four, five years than Wolders. I mean, you can go to Jordan Matthews, you can go through a lot of them, but Ryan, you know, he was definitely undervalued, but he did things the Zagway and he filled a need. And that's what's great about our coaches, you know, they they know what we need and they go and seem to find those guys, not the first guys. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, and, and kind of to, to get us on to, to, you know, where we're at with this uh, podcast, the last few weeks, we've kind of taken a little bit of a break after the season ended, uh, you know, and that unfortunate blowout loss to UConn. Um, but, you know, we needed some time to recharge to, kind of you know get our minds right because that that was a pretty rough ending to the season um after having such highs that we had against ucla uh with julian strother's amazing shot to to win the game for gonzaga um and you know i i think also like another thing that the the last couple weeks have just been full of a lot of a lot of negative talk out there in the twitter sphere uh lots of fans talking you know, down about the fact that Gonzaga has lost Efton Reed, Dom Harris, and Hunter Salas to the portal. Uh, you know, and it's unfortunate to see guys like that leave the program, four- and five-star players who the, the staff worked hard to recruit, um, who we were talked into, like, you know, really getting behind and appreciating as players with the program. But at the same time, you know, we're we're talking about three guys who really didn't play a lot cumulative over the last couple of years for Gonzaga. And, you know, yes, we're losing Timmy. We're losing Bolton. We're uh, losing Strother. He just declared for the draft today. Um, and potentially Anton Watson and Malachi Smith as well. You know, they have decisions to make still regarding their draft status and, and whether they're going to move on to professional options. But we also – bring back guys like Nolan Hickman. We bring back uh, recruits like Dusty Stromer for next year, a four-star out of California who just won a state title, uh, you know, against some of the best programs in, in that state. And and then we we landed steel venters out of the, the transfer portal from EWU, just, you know, uh, a little ways down the road from Gonzaga. In your opinion, where is the program at right now? Is this a rebuilding program as some like Seth Davis have, have, you know, claimed or is Gonzaga in a good place? And are we, should we be excited about what the future holds for the program? With someone like Seth Davis, he's got his opinions. And this first time in a while, we don't have the big name guy like Drew Timmy. I can see where guys like him are saying, you know, it's going to be a down year. I I don't see it being a down year. We're going to find some guys in the portal that are going to make this roster better. Anton comes back. Malachi comes back. You start looking at the, you know, six, seven deep, which we don't usually run more than eight deep, like six, seven deep. We compete with a lot of teams. Alex Tooney, man, people are sleeping on him. He, I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big believer. Um, Braden Huff, like, Four, four guy who could shoot it. How about Ben Gregg, who just broke onto yeah. the scene this year? You know, you start start naming these names and the Korean Jun Shuk Yo, like he's yep. potentially going to be. I've heard some things about him in practice where it kind of blows your mind where he's at developmentally already. Yeah, no. When he first uh, came to Gonzaga, like 
what I heard was it's the Rui track and, but I've been hearing a lot of great reports on what he's been doing in practice. And then, um, you know, he, another guy, but these guys, as far as do we have a true big man right now? No, but you got, you know, you look at Ben Gregg, 6'10", Braden Huff, 6'10". You got Stromer, Tooney, um, Yayo. They're all 6'8". Like, that's a – or I think Dusty's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, but it's a long group of kids playing that 3-4 where I think yeah. it's going to be interesting to have those kids that could stretch the floor. And that doesn't even include Steele, who, you know, just came on and could straight stroke it too. Um it's it's an interesting group. We are, I fully believe, a couple pieces away from it being a true, you know, top fifteen team in the country. And if we could land a couple guys in the portal, I think Seth Davis might change his tune early in the season next year. Yeah, and you know, I I took some time the other night uh, to really delve deep into what Steel Venters brings uh, from the portal. You know, he, he's a guy that wasn't necessarily a huge name in the portal, although there are a lot of programs that knew about him and that were recruiting him. Uh, but maybe not the average fan didn't really know a lot about him unless you live maybe in the, you know, the Cheney or, or Spokane area. Um, but this is a Washington kid. Uh, his dad played professional ball. Um, he's long. He's sneaky athletic for his size. Um, he has just a knockdown jumper with this really high arcing rainbow like quality to it, which is pretty wild to watch. Um, he's, he's good at all three levels too. I've, he, he can, he's a really good set shooter, but he's really good off pin downs. He, he finds a way to, to get open. Uh, he's got this knack for positioning and he's also got just really good balance. Like I, I watched him. He, he, he likes to use his, his offhand as like almost like this little like feeler to get his way into the paint um, and around defenders and, you know, but he's not doing it with like force. He's doing it with, with finesse. And, um, you know, I just, I really like his skill set on the offensive end. I think he's advanced on that end, like so much so that there are actually, I think Sam Viceni at the athletic was talking about, there is actual NBA noise about him uh, down the road. So, you know, it's, it's, that's that's intriguing, you know, as a guy you're bringing in that uh, from the portal uh, to potentially be a plug and play three, where Julian Strother played last year. Yeah. Um, another thing about him too, though, is that let's say we go and grab more talent in the portal and, and some like cross positions where uh, gives us more flexibility. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be too upset about being the sixth rotational piece. You know, if, if he has to come off the bench and play 30 minutes or, you know, 26 minutes a night or something like that, like he's still going to be happy in that role, which is is interesting to think about because I think I think there's a lot of people over the last couple of years who've watched how Mark Few coaches and they seem to think that they know how to coach better than a Hall of Fame coach does. And they think that he's making errors with how he's playing or running his rotations. How much time are you spending on Twitter, Josh? Because I think like, <laughs> a little too much. I guess because I think that's about every Twitter fan this year, especially by the end of November. Like, yeah. No, he. I think I think Steele is a guy who would be comfortable playing the role that he's required to play for the team. 
He wants to win. He wants to be a part of a winning program. He he got to do that a little bit this year at EW. Granted, it was at a, a lesser you know level in the Big Sky, but he won Conference Player of the Year. Uh, he helped them win an NIT game against Washington State, which was you know a pretty big accomplishment for that program. I think a lot of people also maybe don't know this about the pro what went down with Steele. He came, he visited, he committed. Yep. It was like literally right on the spot. Like he knew from the moment he was there that he's a, he's a Zag, and and that that to me speaks volumes about I, who this guy is. And another thing I think that's important to know is, you know, if you follow on my site, there's some other guys we were looking at in that kind of small forward position, and still blew the staff away when he was there too. It wasn't just him knowing he wanted to be his egg. The staff knew he needed to be his egg. And yeah. he just, he has it. You know, he's an Ellensburg kid. Um, Ellensburg to Eastern Washington. Yeah. Like he's going to, he's a guy that's going to, you know, I what does he have? Two years of eligibility left, I think. I believe so. Yeah. Um, You know, he's going to be his egg for a couple of years and hopefully be another one of those local kids that, makes a name for himself and gets a shot in the NBA after helping Gonzaga win some games. I, you know, I think I do do have concerns about on the basketball end. It's how is he on the defensive side, but that's all stuff that works itself out. Um, I know if you read on Twitter or even sometimes like on my site, people like we have to get better on defense and I, I don't disagree, but it's not getting better in one position defense it's getting better one through five adding a rim protector someone that can you know kind of clean up the mess sometimes that's that's something you need to watch out for here who do we go after as that rim protector in the portal right i i think also too like i've I've watched him on the defensive end uh very closely because i had those same concerns i was thinking man i wonder I wonder what we're going to expect from him on that end. And, and, you know, just watching kind of like his movement, seeing how uh, he handled different, uh, you know, rotations, things like that. Uh, I I feel like he was honestly about average and that's better than I kind of anticipated. I was thinking like he was going to be more of that, that, you know, shooting specialist and defense was kind of going to, you know, dip a little bit with him on the court. And, And he does struggle a little bit with like, you know, your quicker, more athletic, like threes, um, out on the floor. Uh, but he, he works hard. He, he gets through the rotations. Uh, he understands where he needs to be when, when the defense is switching. Um, and, you know, I think he makes up for a little bit of his, um, lack of lateral quickness by just, uh, you know, working hard on that end of the floor. So I I think he's going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be a thing where it's like, no offense, Adam, but where Adam Morrison was a black hole on defense, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna hold his own, and and he's gonna fit within the system, which is what's important here. And like you said, we can, we can kind of shore up some of those issues by having a, a rim protector underneath, by, by you know, working uh, to make sure that that perimeter defense is a little stronger uh, than maybe it was at times last year. So. You know, I, I think I think I think the staff understands where some of those deficiencies were last year. And while Steele isn't necessarily coming in to fix our defensive problems, I don't think he's necessarily coming in to ruin them either. So um I yeah, I agree with you. 
And look at his offensive potential. I mean, I know it was pointed out somewhere that against Texas Tech and Washington State, I think he played Washington State twice during the year. Texas Tech once. He was like 20, 26, and 29 points. And, yes, those are not teams that you would call top Power 5 schools this year. But those are Power 5 schools he put up over 20 all three games against. Right. Like, he has the offensive – ability that if you do you know if there's a little bit of I don't even want to say deficiency but if his defense isn't up to you know par with somebody else he has the offensive power to sure kind of make up for that and so it'll be he'll be an interesting one I love how I love watching his shot man he's got a great shot you know I kind of want to change gears a little bit and um, you know a couple days ago we got news that that Roger Powell uh, would be moving on. Um, he's going to become the head coach at Valparaiso in Indiana, um, not too far from his old stomping grounds in Chicago. Um, you know, he's a Midwest guy and he's heading back to the Midwest as a head coach. He was an assistant at Valpo under Bryce Drew uh, back in the, uh, you know, like uh, seven, eight years ago, something like that. And, um, you know, he, he's been looking for a long time for the right, position for him to potentially become a head coach i i feel like he has earned that role um about as much as anybody in the country he's an a fantastic recruiter he is a a man of integrity he is involved in the community and works hard to you know push off the the message that gonzaga wants to put out there um and i think he absolutely loved gonzaga and the spokane community but uh, you know him and his family. It was just it was time. It was the right situation for him to finally pull the trigger and and become a head coach. Can you speak a little bit to what this meant for Roger and maybe like what we should expect from him going forward in the future um, as a head coach? Yeah, no, I mean Roger turned down some head coaching jobs even last you know last year to stay at Gonzaga. He definitely. He'll be a zag for life. Um, this this job, it's not going to be an easy job. Valpo, they got their they got their issues being a you know mid major, but as a assistant coach, you know, especially when you're not even with the assistant, to get a head coaching job like this means the world to you. And he's very highly thought of in all coaching circles. Um, he's just a great guy, and I think that's what it does. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. Do I think he's going to be successful? Absolutely. Um, I think he'll be Valpo's coach for three years, and then he'll be coaching somewhere bigger than that. I think you're gonna you're gonna see the name Roger Powell around for a long time. Um, just charismatic, good, family oriented, uh, guy that could go into a house, chat with the recruit, and convince them that. You know, Valpo is where they need to be. And he's going to, I think he's going to do well. Um, I hope Valpo invests in him and their facilities in order to give him the best chance yeah. he can to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think it's a, it's a smaller program. However, they recently bumped up to the Missouri Valley Conference uh, within the last three or four years. Um, so they're kind of, they, they've been kind of getting used to being in that conference 
um, you know, and it, it, there was some growing pains under the previous administration there. But I think Roger Powell is the exact type of guy to come there because he, you know, he's been there. He's done that. He He's coached in that area. Uh, he, he has contacts and connections all throughout the Midwest. So Valpo is going to be able to recruit Chicago very well and do some things uh, from that point that maybe lo- only Loyola – uh, Chicago was doing uh, in the Missouri Valley Conference in recent years. And, you know, now if they moved on to the A-10, Valpo is kind of like taking up that mantle maybe a little bit here with uh, with with Roger Powell. Um, you know, I'm also – I'm reminded that uh, what, like what you said about Roger getting in a living room with a family and recruits and being able to, uh, you know, sway a recruit to come – I don't think that can be really understated here because Roger put Gonzaga in the conversation with some of the best recruits in the nation uh, several times over the last few years. Uh, Guys that we had no business even being involved in, no pipeline, no existing connection other than Roger Powell. And we were getting in top two, top three conversations for all of these guys. And I, I just think that, this is a big loss for Gonzaga, like to lose a recruiter of the talent and, and uh, you know, uh, ability that Roger Powell brings to the, the table. Um, that being said, I don't I don't think Mark Few is going to struggle finding some willing, um, you know, high quality assistant coaches out there that that would love to, to coach at Gonzaga. But. Um, yeah, I mean, you just you can't necessarily replace a recruiter of Roger Powell's talent uh, overnight. Like he's just he's just exceptional uh, in his ability uh, to to talk to recruits, to talk to families, to level with with hu- uh, uh, with other humans face to face, and just really explain and and help people understand what Gonzaga is about. So uh, I, I have nothing but respect for Roger Powell. Um, and I'm going to deeply miss him as an assistant coach uh, for for this program. Right. No, I'm 100% the same as you. He's going to be missed big time. Um, I have full faith that we'll find a, you know, some an assistant that is going to have their own qualities that are going to keep the tradition going. But Roger himself, he's he's a lifelong zag, and I'm you know happy that he got to spend four years with us and recruit some of the best, you know best kids in the country and you know he will be missed but good news is we have some great coaches on staff still um and gonzaga basketball is still going to get into the living room of those some of those top kids and we're gonna you know it's it's always a battle recruiting but we have consistency um across you know b mike and mark have been there forever so you just look at the top top of the staff and there's a lot of consistency so yeah absolutely so kind of to switch gears a little bit um i know on your site caldwell zeg recruiting news.com uh you have a loyal group of people that uh you know pitch in and, and uh you know keep that site running and uh as part of that community they they have some questions that they wanted answers to uh, on our Q&A segment. Uh, what would be one of the first questions that they dropped out uh, today? Yeah, I mean, one of the ones that I saw was um, what's our schedule look like next year? And, you know, briefly, it's not done. It's not close to done. Um, no. But we got Maui, Kentucky, and Washington. So you got two good – you got a great tournament with Maui. That 
field's pretty loaded. You got Kentucky, um, which is going to be amazing. And then it's always good to kick Washington's ass. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Any any chance we can get to make that uh, that quote-unquote rivalry more even more one-sided, I'm, I'm happy to continue that. Uh, yeah, right other, other, than, other than that, we haven't had any real announcements on the scheduling front yet. It, it's just too early in the offseason. Uh, we will hear a lot more of that as the offseason progresses, especially once we get into summer, really late summer. A lot of times lately, the last couple of years, Gonzaga has been uh, filling out and fleshing out the, the back part of that schedule pretty late in the in the season. And really what it comes down to is, um, you know, just working out and making sure that they get these contracts in place with the different programs that they want to bring in um, on on buy games, but then also uh, working out agreements with some of the top programs in the nation on the non-conference schedule. So, you know, yep. we'll see also, like, you, you also have to understand, like, the roster is not set yet. Um, so Mark's got to gauge like what what is the roster going to look like? How much do I want to challenge this group next year? Is this going to be a group that I'm going to try to create a murderer's row schedule for? Probably not. It's not going to probably be as good of a schedule as it was this past year, but it's still going to be a really good non-conference schedule because Gonzaga builds uh, they build their resume based on uh, on what the schedule uh, rather what the roster is going to be. Uh, and then, you know, how they're going to get into the tournament going forward. So, yeah, um, I definitely, I definitely don't see it. It's not going to be murderer's row like it was last, you know, this last year. But I, I would expect one, maybe two more marquee matchups. I think just how good Maui was, how good of a field that is. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think you're going to see too many more, you know, top 20 games, but maybe, maybe one or two. The other question kind of parallels something else we want to talk about, so I guess we could we could kind of go there in a second. Sure. But um, actually, the last two kind of parallel what we wanted to talk about: uh, conference realignment. Are we being left out? So I I don't I don't like the yeah we're not being left out. It's not. Uh, I think that's something that's still flexible. It's still in, in progress. There's still discussions going on. Um, I think Gonzaga is in line to potentially get that Big 12 invite like we've talked about in the past. But the problem is, is that the Pac-12's media negotiations have drug on for so long, um, even longer than expected. I mean, there, there was like initially thoughts last summer this would be done. There was thoughts then it would happen during the fall at any point. It never did. And then there was like a, a brief moment where we thought April the April 15th hasn't hit yet, but they're they're expecting no announcement by the 15th of April. Now now they're saying this could potentially drag on into this summer as well. Um, and really what it comes down to is the Pac-12 just is not getting the the bites from um you know linear programming that they want, you know, the ESPNs and Foxes of the world. Um, and as a result, they're being forced to negotiate with some of the streamers, which is not really what the the heavyweights in the conference want. They don't they don't want a streaming first TV deal. They want the traditional linear deal with with tier two rights to go to streamers, and that's just not happening right now. So um, over the next couple of weeks, though, I've heard there could potentially be some some movement on that end as far as discussions uh, between the Pac-12 
and uh, their member institutions and whether some of those member institutions are finally getting a little antsy and potentially reaching out to the Big 12 about movement. Um, so we'll see. We'll see kind of where that goes. I think I think really Brett Yormark, the, the commissioner of the Big 12, is just kind of being patient and waiting and seeing what's going to happen with the Pac-12 if he can get one or two of those those schools to jump ship. And if that happens, the dominoes are going to fall and then Gonzaga will be uh, next in line to potentially get, you know, an invite uh, at that point. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been such a quiet last few weeks, right, Caldwell? Like we really have not heard a lot on the Gonzaga side of this. No, no, we haven't heard much. Um, but if I was a betting man, I would bet that this will be Gonzaga's last season in the West Coast Conference. And what a, you know, only way to go out's on top. So we need to make sure, you know, we go through the WCC on a on a mission. But I I haven't heard a whole lot of new stuff. What I am, you know, I'm going to go back to what I heard we talked about it before is I fully believe we'll be a member of the Big 12 before too long. So, yeah. um, I you know, things change, things could happen. The Pac-12 is kind of become the laughing stock of conferences in the power five. Like, like, yeah, it's, they're, they're a running joke. <laughs> it really, like, I don't like, I don't know. How do you not get a TV deal done? Like how bad are you that you've, you can't even get a TV deal done? So I, I mean, especially when you're a football conference, like you're a football yeah. conference, like, come on. Like, but you know, I know, they had, you know, the Pac-12 network stuff really killed some Pac-12 fans, you know, cause for a while. So that probably in the back of some of these places' minds, like, you know, what's their fan base like anymore? But I, yeah. the Pac- Pac-12 is just turned into a joke. And I do think that is what the holdup, I don't think, I'm pretty positive that's what the holdup is right now. And, you know, but I do believe Gonzaga will be in the Big 12 um, and I think the announcement's going to come fairly shortly. Yeah. So what was what was the last Q and A uh, question from your folks? Yeah, um, they kind of wanted to talk about the point guard situation and um, in the transfer portal, and you know, there's a there's a big name that's floating around in uh, in Zegville, and not only Zegville, but uh, South Gonzaga, also known as Arizona, and <laughs> Ryan Ryan Nemhard has hit the portal. Um, everybody, if you go to Twitter, you would think he's already an Arizona Wildcat. But everything I've been told, and everything that I keep hearing, we talked, you know, before we got on here, so I think you hear similar is um, this isn't over, and in the next. What is today the tenth? So in the next nine days, I would not be shocked if Nimhart visits both Gonzaga and Arizona. Yeah, yeah. So what I've been hearing, and this is not just—I I just want to precursor this to say this is not just Gonzaga uh, sources or or people on our side of the the spectrum who've been saying this. I've been hearing from people on the Arizona side as well that they believe this is more of a toss-up than it was initially uh, thought to be. There was a lot of people on the Arizona side who originally thought 
that that Nemhard was a signed, sealed, and delivered recruit. That as soon as he hit the portal, he would commit. Um, that it was a done deal. And I think there's still some people out there on the message boards and whatnot who who kind of felt that way. But based on the people I've been talking to, they do not feel as confident about this as maybe they initially felt. Um, they think that that you know, like like we just mentioned, that he's probably going to end up visiting Gonzaga also. Um, and that this is really more of a 50-50 thing, and it's kind of up to him to make a decision. Do you want to follow in your brother's footsteps, go to Gonzaga, play under Mark Few, um, you know, in a system that that you know really is similar to what Tommy Lloyd runs at Arizona, or do you want to kind of make a, your own name for yourself and move down uh, to Tucson and and run that that side of things? So you know, I think there's a lot of variables at play here. Uh, we're going to see some interesting chatter about this over the next few days, but um, I think it, it really just comes down to, um, you know, his brother, you know, that Andrew has been in his ear and, and told him what his experience was like at Gonzaga. Right. You, you just, yeah. We just know that like, there's no Absolutely. way that Andrew's not saying, Hey, by the way, I had a hell of a time in Spokane at Gonzaga, uh, you know, and I had a lot of fun running that system and playing under Mark Few. And yeah, turning you know, turn myself into an NBA player. Exactly. And and you know that that uh you know that their father, Claude Nemhard, has been a huge proponent of Gonzaga as well over the last couple of years. Um, he's spoken highly of what the program did for Andrew and and how uh, things worked out for Andrew in Spokane. So, you know, this, it's not a done deal at all. No, it's, not, um, it's not a done deal. And I think something, some of the naysayers on the, the negative people on the Gonzaga side bring up is Tommy Lloyd recruited Andrew. Well, Tommy Lloyd did recruit, was the first one to make contact with the Nimharts when he was down at, uh, oh my goodness, Mount Verde. Mount Verde. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mount Verde. Yeah. He was the first one, but, Honestly, B. Mike and a few, they were both involved in that recruitment process. And then when he transferred, they were even more involved. I think that's part of it. And, you know, so this is really the first, in my opinion, the first, like, Gonzaga, Arizona, like, straight up, all right, let's put the boxing gloves on and let's see who's going to land a top player in the portal. I mean, we've had a couple, you know, little battles, but this is a, this is a big battle because both teams oh, – Honestly, Arizona lands them. Arizona's top five team. Um, yeah. Gonzaga lands them. We're top. I, I'll say without a rim protector right now, we're top fifteen if we ain't land Nimhart. So it's a it's a big, a big recruit, and you know we're after a couple other point point guard people that we've definitely checked in on, making some progress. But the question was actually, what happens if we miss? You know, don't get any of the three of them. Well, we still got another month of the portal, and there are yeah. going to be guys that go through the whole process, the whole NBA process, then transfer them. So we right. will be fine, even if we don't land Ryan, which I would love to let, land Ryan and just keep it, you know, the whole family, the Nimhart family in Spokane. That'd be awesome. But we'll be all right if, no matter what happens. We just have to realize that this is not, this is early in the portal. We still yeah. have time. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, look at Malachi Smith last year was, I think, the lone member of the portal that, that uh, came to Gonzaga. Yeah, Efton Reed. Oh, too. you're right. He came earlier. Yeah, 
but Malachi came uh, closer to June. I believe yep. it was like, uh, what was it? May 31st or something like that. Right. Um, Somewhere in there. And, you know, so it, this, this is, we're, we're, we're at what today is April 10th. Uh, we've got a month and a half until some of these players are going to be making decisions on NBA draft status and, and whatnot. We're going to see a bunch more dudes. Like you just mentioned, hop in the portal over the next uh, few weeks, um, you know, before, before the deadline. And then a lot of them are going to be saying, well, we're going to, we're going to test the draft process and we're going to put our name in the portal as a back, you know, a backup plan. And, you know, if we don't necessarily get the news we want during the NBA draft process, then we'll test the waters in the portal and, and they may decide to go back to their former school. Maybe not, but uh, that's going to bring a lot of talent uh, to the forefront. And we're going to see, you know, yeah. Is, is our guys like Taron Armstrong, who's really been one of the top point guards in the portal all off season so far, is he going to be gone by that point? Yes, absolutely. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Like we're, we're looking at a group of, probably dozens of more really high quality guards who are going to be in that portal and available to discuss things with as the the season progresses. Um, This, you know, if we were going to get all of our guys early, like, would that be awesome to like, you know, quiet some of the anxiety that some of us have felt? Um, Sure. But that's just not how college basketball works right now. Like, you know, we're, we're looking at a long drawn out process that, uh, you know, these guys need the time to test the draft process. They need the time to, to figure out where they're going to be. Uh, it's just such a new time for college basketball with the transfer portal and how wild this has gotten. And, uh, you know, programs like Gonzaga, like this, this is a, we're, we are a top uh, five program over the last, what, since 2015 in the yeah. entire country, like yep. no question, top five. Like you don't think there's dozens of guys that would line up to run Mark Few's system as a point guard? Like, come on! Like that's it, we're, there's gonna be there's gonna be a point guard. Uh, Nolan Hickman could even be the point guard. Who knows? Or you know, and then maybe we grab an off uh, off ball player uh, to pair with Nolan, or vice versa. Maybe we move Nolan off ball and then we land a point guard. So like, I'm not stressed about it. I'm just gonna be patient, and and things will play out, and we'll. You know, we'll land some really good, talented players as this process plays out. Right. No, I'm right with you. And you got to think about this, too. Um, And I think a lot of people don't actually think about this when talking about the portal. And there are big names. I'm not saying we don't land one of these big point guards in the next week or so. Um, But what I'm going to say is people are going to go through this NBA scouting combine. They're going to get these reports. And one thing they know is Gonzaga runs an NBA-style offense. They yeah. they literally – a point guard might be told, hey, you got to work on your pick and roll, you know. Where, where else would you want to go work on your pick and roll skills at? Like, I mean, a, a team that runs it constantly or you want to go to a team that doesn't. Like, Gonzaga – A team, a team that, that trotted out one of the best pick and roll point guards – in modern college basketball history in Andrew yeah. Nemhard. Oh, by the way, the brother of a guy in the transfer portal. So right. and <laughs> and somebody who, you know, he was he was a top 25 recruit. Um never really flourished. I mean, I shouldn't say never really flourished. He played really well in Florida when he was there. 
but he made his name for himself at Gonzaga, not at Florida. Absolutely. And so I think that's super important. And people are going to see that. And he's, you know, like when, when Andrew, when Andrew Nemhard came to Gonzaga from Florida, he was a guy who had had the sophomore slump. Uh, he was a guy who was a little turnover prone. There were some question marks about his potential as a shooter. Yep. Um, and, and then he came to Gonzaga he played alongside guys like Corey Kispert and Jalen Suggs and Joella Yai and Drew Timmy. And over the next couple of years, not only honed his craft as a passer, he cut down on the turnovers. His three point shooting percentage drastically improved to the point that by his senior season, he shot over 38% from three, which some people laughed at me when I suggested that was ever a possibility for, for Andrew. I'm telling you that Andrew Nemhard. Uh, not only did he put in the work and bust his butt to become an a, a NBA starting uh, point guard uh, that, you know, the program busted their butt to help him develop and grow and become the guy, the, the man that he is today. So, you know, I, I, I think if you look back at some of these transfers over the last, uh, I, really last few years, Ryan Woolridge, what yep. his three point percentage jumped up ten percent when he came to Gonzaga over over what it had been before. Malachi Smith shot exceptionally at Chattanooga, and then shot over fifty percent this year at Gonzaga. Yep. Like that, this, that that's unheard of. No, so it's the, you don't it's think the that, offense. The yeah. offense leads to good shots for these guys, and then you know, again, our player development too. You know, so yeah, that's screaming at other recruits like hey i need to work on my shooting i need my numbers to go up that's what the nba told me where do you want to go that's I mean, right. do you want to go to washington no like who wants to go there like oh i want to go to gonzaga <laughs> like that's that's you know that that's the only real school in the state of washington so yeah you know. i i think that uh, what we're going to see is is some really high level talented players are going to come to Gonzaga next year. All the anxiety about, well, this program is or is not going to be a rebuilding. Like it's not. It's Zag is going to reload and move forward and and become uh, a top fifteen, top ten program in the country again next year. Maybe yep. be a, a two through four seed and make another run in the tournament. Like that's where we're going to see that level of consistency and success continue under Mark Few at Gonzaga. Well, and I think you, I a hundred percent agree. And I think you, we talked about the guards a lot and I'm just going to throw this in there. Cause I know we're, you know, kind of going long on time here, but we've done the same thing with bigs. Look at Jonathan Williams. Like, and that's Jonathan Williams is kind of the person that I've, would expect for us to find as a big in the portal and a maybe, similar maybe type a, player. Yeah. A similar type player. Yeah. No, he's out of eligibility guys. Sorry. He's not coming back, <laughs> but, um, but you know, we found him in the portal and turned him into an NBA player. Like, yeah. Look at what the system does. It's not just for the guards. And I think if we could find a good rim protector, a guard, we already have steel. We have some really good young talent. And, you know, hopefully Anton coming back and Malachi coming back. We That starts looking like a really good team. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. So just to close this out today, um, you know, obviously you can find uh, Caldwell on Twitter at Zeg Caldwell. Uh, you can also find him at his website, CaldwellZegRecruitingNews.com, uh, discuss recruiting uh, insider information that you know comes out a little bit before what you'll see on Twitter and whatnot. So, you know, if you like to get that stuff early, that's definitely the place to be. Uh, you know, go Zegs. Go Zegs. Go Zegs.